Public Space Travel is a leftist, anti-capitalist podcast of disgruntled academics, video gamers, and friends. Our belief is that knowledge should be made more accessible and be used for anti-oppression and non-hierarchical revolutionary ends. You can support what we do at patreon.com forward slash public space travel and reach out to us at publicspacetravel at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 208-502-1406. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Public Space Travel. Today we are joined by Toby, a volunteer with the community-owned and volunteer-run internet service provider in New York City called NYC Mesh. Toby, we are huge fans of community ownership and organizing as well as democratizing technology like you all are doing. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Uh, So you all were featured recently on Vice News, uh, but for those who may not have seen that or may not have heard about you all, uh, can you tell us who you all are and what you all do? Yeah, we're um, we're a bunch of technology enthusiasts who uh, who are looking to make the internet work uh, for everyone. Um, and as crazy as it might sound, in, in 2021 here in New York City, uh, the privatized telecom providers um, cannot manage the in- telecommunications infrastructure competently. And so we've got folks that just can't for any amount of money, um, even if they've got means, um, can't can't get a decent connection uh, to the world. Um, and so NYC Mesh is, is, a, is a distributed, autonomous group of volunteers uh, who said, hey, we think we can fix this. We, we think we have got the, the knowledge, um, the relationship, the community uh, to make this happen. And, and it doesn't necessarily require hundreds of millions of dollars of capital investment and like a big like uh, organizational edifice behind it, right? Um, a couple folks could just start doing it like uh, on their own, like figuring it out. And so... So that's really how NYC Mesh got started. Awesome, awesome. So uh, maybe you could talk a little bit, I guess, about the politics of NYC Mesh. I know listeners will probably be, you know, already really interested in this community-run uh, project, um, but uh, there's some, you know, activist elements to NYC Mesh as well. Um, that you all had a presence at the Occupy City Hall protest in June 2020 after weeks of protests and collective outrage over police killings of uh, black people, including Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. Uh, At that time, uh, the city of New York was deciding their 2021 financial budget, and one of the demands uh, of the protesters was that they wanted to slash that $5.7 billion New York Police Department budget by $1 billion at least. Uh, And another was a lack of public Wi-Fi. Um, And that's where I uh, had saw, you know, NYC Mesh activists there uh, really protesting for that. So what was NYC Mesh's role there and, and just in general, the activist side of, of NYC Mesh? Yeah, well, you know, um, information is power, right? Yeah. And, and, and the, like where uh, power is being really um, intensely contested right now mm-hmm. in our society, right? And one of the ways that um, power is being contested is through the control of information. And so we look at like big platforms, right? Um, and we look at, at, at big providers and, and they're real interested in things like being able to, you know, uh, segment internet traffic based on did our advertiser sponsor it? So should we slow that down? Or, you know, so net neutrality is a big deal. We see what happens in places like Facebook with information um, and how it's controlled and manipulated. Um, and so, you know, when the folks um, started the Occupy City Hall, 
uh, protest, um, it was real clear that part of this was like a messaging information communications uh, effort, and uh, there wasn't a good connection down there. You know, everybody's trying to use like their their hotspot on their phone to tether to to live stream or or, or to build awareness of the activities. Um, so th that's sort of where the the sort of homebrew scrappiness of mesh really shines through. Um, you know, e even um, if you live in a house and you call up Verizon and say, I want files, you know, that may take six weeks or a month for them to get over there and install it, right? And if you want to install that in a public space, right, in a plaza or a park or a street, well, that's just not possible, right? Like, well, you don't own this space, you don't have power, like, there's no address, right? Like, that's, it's, a, it's like almost like an unsolvable problem. Yeah. Um, Except that Mesh can show up with uh, with a with a little luggage cart and some batteries and some gear, nice. and in like half an hour connect up to like one of our existing signals and have you know a hundred gigabits of internet uh, on the sidewalk. So so that's the kind of like um, being able to be nimble and responsive um, to to emergent uh, initiatives and organizing and campaign and support those um, in a direct way, right? Not just in like, hey, I retweeted and amplified your message. No, I'm gonna like make the connection for you to share your message. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the messenger. You are. Here, yeah. here are the tools to go do the thing you're doing even better on a, yeah. on a bigger platform and, and, and to a wider audience. Um, and, and you know, I think ultimately um, there is something, and I, I suspect we'll probably circle back to this throughout the conversation. Yeah. But there's something probably even um, a little more deeply political about mm -hmm. about mesh, right? Mm -hmm. um, because the the monopolies that the telecommunication franchises uh, are granted by the state um, are are a privatizing of a commons, a, a commodification of a public good um, that then uh, serves to erode our our democracy and our society, right? And so there's something very political about saying no. Uh, this is not something that there that, that should that there should be that there should be a gate to. This mm -hmm. is not something that that should cost money. This is a universal human right. This is a tenant of, of living in a free and open society. And every single member of society ought to have ready access to it, period. And that's a very political thing, right? Because that's, that, that's, that's um, not only is it political in terms of communications and organizing, but it's political because it, 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 it's, it, it's really, um, uh, at least in terms of state-sponsored capitalism, right? It's mm -hmm. like it's it's raising like the biggest questions about these monopolies, right? Absolutely. Like, like who who are they to charge a hundred dollars a month for a service that doesn't work very well? Right. Like, it's, it's it's pretty outrageous. Yeah, absolutely. And it's you know it's it's incredibly uh, more, more like increasingly uh, obvious too, like especially during COVID times. Uh, you know, accessibility to the internet. You know, for folks who. Uh, I mean, many, many students were, you know, online during the pandemic for, you know, obvious safety reasons and so forth. Yeah. And so that lack of accessibility, like, um, you know, I don't want to contribute to or subscribe to a deficit model of education here. But like, you know, the the, the effects of that was, you know, not good. Um, yeah, devastating. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and we're going to see, you know. We're we're sort of at this um, world historical tipping point where like the 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 apple cart's about to get upset in all kinds of ways that we can't even imagine. Yeah. Um, and things are going to be disrupted. Like our old ways of doing, mm -hmm. going to school, our old ways of working. Like mm -hmm. pandemic is just like foreshadowing the effects of the climate crisis and the social disruptions that that's going to trigger. Yeah. And so like the question, we don't know what those solutions are going to be, right? Like we don't know we're not smart enough <laughs> to, to see what these extreme weather events are going to do and whether yeah. New York's going to be habitable in 50 or a hundred years. Like that's not really a knowable question, 
But what is knowable is that communities are going to have to figure this out for themselves. Like we know that like government and universities and nonprofit, Mm -hmm. they are not going to be ahead of these curves. And we've seen it with with things like Hurricane Santa, Sandy with with Katrina. Right. We see what the what the capacity of civil society to respond is. And so what is the capacity of community to self-help? Um, and self-help in little ways that starts to build new connections um, so that when other problems arise, like you've got the relationships to try and figure out more more intricate um, and more complicated solutions to bigger problems. Absolutely, absolutely. And I love how you tied that back to, you know, um, back to the, the protests um, around Occupy City Hall in June 2020, um, really tying that back to, you know, it's a human right. Nobody's doing anything about it. All right, the community is going to do something about it. And you guys did. And it's amazing. I love it. Um, what What else is, uh, is there anything else that NYC Mesh is doing? Uh, I know we had talked earlier about like a CopWatch server. Can you, can you speak a little bit to that too? Yeah, it's, uh, I got the name wrong because uh, I do that sometimes. It's actually called Streetwatch. Um, but, but, but it's a group of citizens um, in New York City um, who have been victims of uh, state-sponsored harassment and violence at the hands of the police. Yeah. Uh, who are trying to use transparency and technology to to level the playing field, right? So awesome. a, a lot of what happens in the criminal justice system, whether it's on the street or, or in, in the prosecutorial judicial uh, context, uh, happens behind closed doors. And, and that's when really terrible things happen, right? It's like right. When, when no one's watching, uh, we, we know things get off, off, off the tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, so Streetwatch is, um, is an effort where um, MYC Mesh, uh, because you know, because our, our infrastructure, our architecture requires um, servers and data centers that connect back to other fiber connected servers that is the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got rack space in those servers That's and awesome. we don't use them. And so um, if a member of the mesh community has a project that requires uh, being co-located in a data center and having that connectivity, they can get some space and want to, and put a server in there, connect it. And so the streetwatch server, server is um, scraping um, DOT traffic feeds. Mm. And so the Department of Transportation has traffic cameras all around the city. Um, and a lot of them are recording um, interactions between the police and protesters or interactions between, uh, you know, sometimes the DOT will add cameras at, at particularly busy intersections. Mm-hmm. And that's also where there's a lot of interactions between the police and individuals. Um, and so we're able to like record a lot of those. Um, and then Streetwatch can then go pull from, from those recordings. That's awesome. I mean, that's, that's like that community like defense like work that that's really needed and y'all are doing it that's that's awesome so there's some some similar examples of like public wi-fi abroad for example like in spain uh in cuba as well but maybe you can kind of speak to uh more of that community accessibility and modeling um maybe say say if someone is you know one of our listeners isn't nyc and they want to get involved uh in this how would they do that yeah i mean uh it's not trivial. Like I, I want to tell everybody that they can go out and do this with some, so you know, a couple hundred bucks of gear off of Amazon. <laughs> um, so there, there are parts of this that are trivial. So for for sure. if I want to connect to a neighbor that's a quarter mile away, all kinds of off the shelf gear that we can readily create in a network between us and build that out in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that just let, allows us to talk to each other, um, and that's not as interesting as it could be. We're neighbors. We could just walk down the street and talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't need like a, a technology for that. Um, so, so really the, the hardest part of, of starting a mesh is, is that piece about data centers. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's getting into a data center um, 
and and getting that fiber connectivity to like other providers, right? Yeah. Um, so when when you send an email from from your your me.com address to, to somebody's Gmail address, right? Mm-hmm. Apple and, and Google don't exchange any money, right? right? Like like that 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 data moves between them at zero charge. Right. That's how the internet works. It's based on reciprocity and peering, right? Yeah. And mutuality, right? These are the basic principles of just the architecture of the internet, not mm-hmm. like the social piece, but just how the computers are connected, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's, you know, in, in, in New York City, we're extremely fortunate and the, and the mesh community is extremely fortunate that we have members of our community who, you know, work in all kinds of places um, for, for, for telecoms, for financial services companies, um, for, you know, people that used to work for the Metropolitan Transit Authority, the subways doing mm-hmm. telecommunications, right? So, so people that have just a wealth of a vocational knowledge about how the industry works and relationships and connections with vendors within the industry. So um, Mesh is able to to leverage those relationships and, and 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 reach out to the data center and say, hey, we're interested in installing a rack. We want to do X, Y, Z. Um, you know, if I just cold called them, just some guy that was like on fire for internet, mm-hmm. yeah, unclear how they would respond, <laughs> but. Uh, but but if somebody they already have a commercial relationship says hey I'm working yeah. on this passion project um, the telecoms are breaking the internet and I think I know how to fix it mm-hmm. you want in on this folks that work in data centers are like oh heck yeah like deal with Verizon is the worst we hate those guys <laughs> like <laughs> uh, right. yeah how, how can we help like this is our rate you're gonna have to pay what it costs to get to get a rack in here mm-hmm. um, but but then like everything else you know everything else is you know we also need antennas up on the roof and there's a can be a cost to that or there can be like some accommodations made right like mm-hmm. so there's a lot of gray area so i, I think that's the hardest part, part is, is finding someone in your community mm-hmm. um that has that sort of knowledge of that that back-end architecture and infrastructure mm-hmm. and and know either has the relationships or like knows how to build and activate the relationships to like start those conversations with the data center gotcha um okay. so yeah that, that i think that and you see that you know at I think if you look at some other sort of decentralized community-owned internet projects, like a lot of what goes on in Cuba, mm-hmm. um, like you see that problem, right? Like, like a lot of times in Cuba, the way it works, a, a lot of these far out ends of the end of the network nodes, um, you know, th- they're getting a DVD every day or two that's burned with like updates from from Yahoo or from <laughs> the New York Times. Yeah, and then gets like uploaded. So, so it's like it, it, it's a little asynchronous. Um, because that, like that, that, that connection to the back end, like where do you actually plug in yeah. to, to that, that, that internet that isn't through a traditional ISP. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really is connected to like the rest of the world. Gotcha. And so to, to clarify, that's for like the, if you wanted to set up like your own kind of mesh, like at, like straight at the, the server rack itself, like from the beginning, but, uh, for folks who are in New York city, um, would they just like contact you, you all? And so how would, how would that process kind of look like? Yeah. Yeah. So I, that was like bringing it out of the ground from scratch. Okay. Um, and, and, and if you're fortunate enough to live in New York city, mm-hmm. uh, you, you go to nycmesh.net um, and we've got a, a line of sight tool um, that uses Google earth uh, nice. and, and, and you can put in your address and, and it'll do a, a rough calculation to figure out if, if you've got a shot at, at having connection to one of our nodes. Awesome. Um, and if you do, uh, we ask you to go up on the roof and take a panorama picture. Um, and and we, we take a look at that panorama and we identify a building in there where we have equipment mm-hmm. um, that we can connect you to. 
Um, and uh, when you're when, when that's confirmed, you, you set up an appointment. You get an introductory email that says, "Hey, this is the deal. We're community-owned internet. Uh, a volunteer is going to come out to your apartment or to your home and install some gear up on the roof. Um, we ask that you give the volunteer a fifty-dollar tip because they're out there on their own time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have people pay about two hundred and ninety dollars as an installation fee, and that covers mm-hmm. the uh, the antennas we put on their roof and also some of our other other equipment uh, uh, back on the data center or, or other the back end uh, resources we need, um, and we ask you to sign up to make a monthly contribution. Nice. And it, it's a, it's a pay what you can model, right? So right. we we suggest twenty bucks, uh, but if you pay fifteen or five, no one's going to turn off your internet. Mm. Um, probably if you pay nothing, no one's going to turn off your internet. <laughs> don't, 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 we don't say that, that too loudly. Here. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. But, but but in all seriousness, uh, you mm-hmm. know things happen. Uh, people yeah. fall on hard times life gets bumpy and um and you know if you lose your job or if you suddenly become sick or or you're suddenly staying home taking care of a family member who's ill the last thing in the world you need is is to lose your ability to like make appointments or look for a job or do all the things that the internet helps us activate um so so uh, so it's a pay what you want model um and um and and then the other the other thing and this is like sort of like a minor point but um when i started doing it i found it to be a really important one mm-hmm. um we don't ask for any money until we have it working nice right? okay yeah so 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 we establish a link we run a speed test we show it to the member like you're getting like 150 down 120 up they're like that's amazing go online start paying them um so i think that sort of mitigates for, from the membership perspective, like, yeah. does, is this thing real? Like, does it have wheels? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, you know, uh, we, tr- we endeavor to run it like a real ISP, right? So mm-hmm. we've got like a, a support system with, a, a, you know, an online ticketing thing where you can su- submit, submit a problem with service and then people respond to it, go look at it. Um, and, and it's, you know, it, it's, I won't say it's a hundred percent reliable. I don't think I found like a, a telecommunication service that is, mm-hmm. um, but but I do know from my own experiences and from my my friends and neighbors' experiences with losing Verizon and losing Optimum um, that we're doing better than a lot than like DSL and cable. FiOS is kind of hard to fight with, right? Like mm-hmm. that's a very reliable technology. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, but 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 we're, you know we're we're doing very very well. And, and and when things do go down, people are really surprised and they they jump on Slack and they say, Hey, what's going on? Um, and, and, and some folks poke around, they get some engineers, um, get online and they, they go look at some management panels and they say, Hey, Oh, this isn't working like it's supposed to. And they can either like adjust some radio values or, 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 or fix some things remotely. Or, uh, you know, we had a, we had an incident last week at one of our antennas on top of a public housing building. It, it went out probably around three thirty in the afternoon. Um, and, uh, a couple of us ran over there. Um, found a fuse had blown in, in the in the power panel and like replaced the fuse and, and got it back up running. Um, it was down a couple hours, which you know it's funny. You might think for like a, a a homebrew like internet project, people would be like an hour and a half, two hours of downtime, like rub some dirt in it, and move on. People are like, all right, we've got a UPS there, but like we don't really want monitoring on the UPS. Like we're gonna add some more hardware, we're gonna get a Raspberry Pi in there. Nice. We're gonna figure out what happens so that next time. We, we know an hour and a half before, like once we learn, lose power, we, we've got an hour and a half before we go down right. where we can go over there and try and restore it and, and prevent an outage. Um, so I'm really impressed um, with the way Mesh uh, takes its service delivery so seriously. It's not just that, that, that they sort of found that folks found something and kind of 
clutched it together and it kind of works on Tuesdays. It's like, no, like one of the problems here is that the incumbent providers, because they don't realize how important communication is, right? Human expression and connectivity. uh, They don't take running their network very seriously because they don't really care if it goes down. Like, you know, they're they're thinking like, if it goes down, you're going to miss like the the latest uh, episode of like the Kardashians or something, right? (laughs) And they're like, who cares? Right. Um, but we're thinking, no, like people are doing remote learning. And if it goes down, you're going to miss a lecture. And right. then like you've got like a gap in all sorts of things going on. Um, so we're really endeavoring to 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 make this the um, as reliable as any other public infrastructure ought to be. Right. Like when you turn on your tap, water comes out ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time. Yeah. And when you go on your Wi-Fi, you should get to the Internet ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time. Absolutely. And I think that really speaks to, you know, it's the communities that are doing it. And, you know, if you're upholding and, you know, really living and abiding by those values of Internet as a human right, um, you're taking care of you and your community. And I think that really speaks to that. Um, What is the, uh, I guess, like comparison wise, like you were talking about, um, just like kind of mentioning it, like speed wise compared to like maybe the other NYC providers? um, What would that kind of look like? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it is complicated, as yeah. these things always are, right? Sure. Um, and, and there's some apples and oranges going on because, you know, in big parts of Brooklyn, um, the incumbent cable providers, rather than upgrading their network, have just degraded their upload speeds so that they can prop up their download speeds, right? So you get uh, really asymmetric connections, like mm-hmm. 110. Well, that was maybe okay for a lot of time because a lot of times when people use the internet, if we're honest, they're consuming, not creating. And so uh, their upload is just like text responses in a form. Mm-hmm. But when the pandemic hit and you had two parents and a couple kids all trying to zoom simultaneously from home, right? Yeah. And that all like they each needed like one and a half megabits to make that work. All of a sudden, like things started coming apart. Right. right. Um, so, so I, that's the first thing, um, you know, I think, uh, for my part, I'm a little bit of a I'm a little bit of a tech nerd. I'm a bandwidth snob. Um, so when I'm doing these installs, yeah. um, if if I get anything less than a hundred, I I start getting a little frustrated mm-hmm. um, and like trying to find if I can mount somewhere else on the roof or adjust some of, some of the frequencies to make it work better. Mm-hmm. We we generally won't install anything that doesn't hit about at least fifty. Like that's like an absolute floor. Yeah. And then we'll we'll, we'll tell the member, hey, this isn't great. Mm, like this mm-hmm. is not what we want it to be yeah it'll work it'll work well right mm-hmm. like if, if, if you're streaming and you're doing zoom and you're doing all just sort of normal internet activities mm-hmm. a reliable 50 50 is probably actually going to be sufficient for you right uh but but we aspire to more of course um, of course i installed one the other day that, that they got like 140 1 130 um so mm-hmm. so north north of 100 is definitely our, our goal mm-hmm. um but you know, and this would probably be different. And pl- this is probably where New York, uh, this game is a little bit harder. Mm. Um, there are a million devices everywhere in the city uh, mm. on, on our frequency, right? Um, there are, you know, public safety devices. There are transportation devices. There are other wireless networks, right? Mm. There are for-profit wireless networks using the same spectrum. Mm. Um, and then there are, you know, however many, some million residences in New York um, and some preponderance of them have, multiple Wi-Fi routers on the same frequency and spectrum. Uh, so there are, yeah, there are like millions of devices on the spectrum we're trying to use. Huh. Um, and, and that can be a little bit challenging. So yeah. sometimes when you're very close to one of our hubs or the, you know, there's some idiosyncrasies 
idiosyncrasies um, that, that make it really um, difficult to, to, to sort of nail speed. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, I think this also, um, and I'm, I'm certainly a victim of this myself. Um, so I live outside of the mesh, right? Mm. I'm, I'm not able to connect. Um, mm. I volunteer on this because I think it's an amazing project uh, and I'd love the people I've met doing it. Um, awesome. But I have Verizon. I'm, mm. I'm a Verizon Fios customer uh, uh, and, and I, I've got gigabit service. Um, and, I, and I am one of those people that um, is really happy to sit in their couch um, and run speed tests and see that I can get four or five or 600 megabits like on my couch. I think that's super cool and neat. <laughs> um, so one of the cool things about volunteering with Mesh is I've come to realize like how that's not very interesting or necessary, right? <laughs> right. Um, and so that's interesting from like, like, in the first instance, it's interesting from like a technical perspective. Like, well, why is it that Verizon is actually, and the other ISPs are marketing this bandwidth that's like, you know, a 15 foot pipe when I just need like a one inch mm-hmm. pipe. Like that's a little weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started thinking about it some more and there's something that I think actually sort of connects us back to like um, the democratization of, of knowledge and connectivity. Because yeah. um, if we think about like the internet as a common, mm-hmm. um, it would be really inappropriate to take more bandwidth than you actually needed. Yeah, absolutely. Like, right? Because that would be like taking away from like the public good and the collective ability mm-hmm. and, and the pot of bandwidth that is available, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, one of the questions we get from members all the time that like just brings us brings me right into this conversation is that we, every time we hook somebody up, right? We put a, a, an antenna that connects back to our hub that like makes the link to the internet. We put another antenna that creates a, 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 a non-password protected uh, Wi-Fi network that anyone in the neighborhood that sees the signal can just join on, awesome. and then from that from that one we connect down to somebody's apartment, give them mm-hmm. a router with a firewall and all all the security. Mm-hmm. And so as, when we're explaining this to new members, uh, you know about half the time, folks are like, "Hey, but wait, wait, back it up." Uh, the thing up on the roof that anyone can connect to, like if fifty of my neighbors all like start torrenting on it at the same time, uh, is it going to blow up my bandwidth? Um, and, and 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 the answer is maybe like it, it's gonna slow you down a bit, right? But but it's like your bandwidth. It, why is it your bandwidth? <laughs> right, exactly. It, it's our bandwidth, right? This, yeah, yeah. this this is a collective good, Absolutely. and we and we need and we need to come up with uh, autonomous, self-regulating mechanisms uh, for allocating it and 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 governing it, right? And and so. Um, Right, mesh is uh, one of our core values is privacy, right? Like mm-hmm. we're a bunch of like tech po- oriented folks, right? Mm-hmm. So we take that pretty seriously. Um, so we we would never do the kind of like packet sorting segregation that some providers do. Like, um, but so the one place that's interesting that it does show up though is that we get the same DMCA cease and desist notice that other providers do when someone uh-huh. does torrent. Interesting. Right? But no one can see, like, because of the way our network works, like, it just comes to us, right. like, uh, as mesh, it doesn't go to like an individual user. Um, but it is like, there's a governance governance thing, right? Conceivably, we could have somebody that got in the mesh and became a very abusive and prolific torrenter um, that could expose the entire community uh, mm. to a legal, a legal problem, right? Yeah, as, as a provider. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, that is the one place where like the sort of governance over how it used how it's used um does does um present itself as a challenge that i think someday we're probably going to have to face more directly we've been very fortunate right now that um it's been rather sporadic and and, and hasn't become endemic 
Um, but I, I think also that the, some of those same, um, there's going to be some governance conversations, I think, in the next couple of years about like VPNs on the mesh and, and who yeah. can use a VPN and for what purposes um, mm-hmm. that, that, are, that are tricky. Yeah, no, I think that's really, I think those are interesting and like really important points to discuss because this is, as you mentioned, like this is part of the democratization of the internet, right? If you're really going to, like you said, uh, have it decentralized and really about the community, the community's got to take care of itself uh, and, and so forth. So I think that's really good. Um, uh, a question that kind of came to my mind when you were talking about uh, this in the last couple of minutes was, um, I guess, NYC Mesh and... Um, you know, other big ISPs. Um, at a certain point, do you think that the, you know, the the larger internet service providers will be like, hey, wait a minute, you, you, you're providing like free public Wi-Fi, you're doing it for only $20 a month, you're, you're kind of, you know, stepping on our toes. Uh, and so I, I'm just curious about like, you know, the defense against these, uh, you know, big internet service providers, um, what that might look like or. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, um, I think someday, right? Um, we're gonna we're gonna find ourselves there um i think i think uh like as a tactical matter i mm-hmm. think our, our game plan is to do our thing build our network build our community build out our members keep growing in an organic sustainable orderly way um as a strategic matter like bring it like 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 the, these are state-sponsored monopolies and they think that they're they're gonna come and and on a policy level and bigfoot community members mm-hmm. or like like we're gonna like we're gonna start organizing to get their franchises taken away. Yeah, that, that's our response. Our response is there should not be four, five, ten internet providers in New York City. There should be one. It should be universally accessible absolutely. to every single resident of New York City, and so you don't need competition for that. Yeah, absolutely. You, you don't need you don't need multiple providers. Mm-hmm. And so whether that's a a community-owned nonprofit, whether that's a, a municipally-owned entity, like you know, I don't think we know exactly what the contours of that look like. Um, but I think Verizon and, and, and at all uh, Optimum uh, are skating on very, very thin ice. Mm-hmm. They they treat you know almost anybody you talk to has a nightmare story about their cable company or their ISP or their cell phone company. Like oh, yeah. these are not beloved companies, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and they are hideously <clears throat> profitable, right? Like even, even, even more yeah. so than, than like electrical providers. Yeah. Like, like th- this is, this is a municipal service that they have co-opted. They have mm-hmm. privatized and, and they have perverted and they have ruined. Absolutely. And so if, if they want to come after the people that are fixing it and mm-hmm. try and tell us, uh, I mean, and not for nothing. Um, so <laughs> small digression, right? But like, come after us, how? Mm. We're, we're, we're using like like federally licensed hobbyist spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. We're using bandwidth that we properly pay for in the data center. Mm-hmm. In, what, in what way would they come after us? Yeah, that's good. No, that's a really good point. <laughs> like, 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 they've got nothing on us. Yeah. They've got absolutely nothing on us. And, and they are a creature as, of us as citizens right Mm -hmm. they don't exist but for the monopoly franchise granted to them by the government that Mm -hmm. we elect and they so i i'm that's a day i look forward to um i don't think it's going to end well for them at all Mm -hmm. um what what we know is that um the incremental cost of adding another user to a network is extraordinarily low Mm -hmm. i won't say zero because it's not zero Mm -hmm. but it is rapidly approaching zero right Mm -hmm. like it like it, it, it's just you got to buy some more hardware along the way, but like 
Yeah. The rack of the data center gets bigger at some day, but you know, we, we, I think our, our, our data center rental right now is $2,500, $3,000 a month. Mm. So you think about double, tripling, quadrupling. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Some, like there'll be people uh, who, as mesh grows, mm-hmm. that either for ideological reasons or because they live in a neighborhood, there are neighborhoods in Brooklyn with two and three million dollar homes mm-hmm. where your only broadband option mm-hmm. is like uh, a gigabit and a half DSL. There, there are no other wires running to your home that right. you can connect to. Like it, and, and so I, I don't think that they want to have this fight. I think they would be well well served to to, to keep um, cashing their checks and leave us alone um, right. because I th- I think the fight um, wouldn't end well for them. Right, right, and I, and I think that's a really important like you're really speaking to like you know in the process of democratization, right? In the in the process of democratizing the internet, um, these are the questions you'll you'll face. But it's really going to be you know do you really want to take on the community, right? right. You you really yeah. want to do that to the people. Um, so I think those are really important. Um, um, points that you made. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, I just add one more thing about democratizing the internet is yeah. not just about like sort of this, like the business model of mesh, but also like sharing like the technical knowledge, right? Yeah. Like, like for whatever reason, whatever accidents of history and privilege um, the, the, of our life's course, right? Um, some of us have like, ha- have, have gotten to look like behind the curtain mm. of the technology, right? <laughs> yeah. So I had the privilege of going to a university a million years ago um, that in part I selected because uh, they had just done an internet deployment in the dorm. Mm. And so I, I knew this was a place that valued this emerging technology and and and, and, that, and that realized how important it was going to be for the rest of our lives. And so that this was a part of our education was like learning it. Yeah. Um, and, and so I had an opportunity to like work as an employee of the university like uh expanding that deployment like so i you know learned to like crimp ethernet when i was 19 right uh i learned how to like log into a router and like like you know like nice. like what an ip address address was and how an ip network sort of worked in broad terms like mm-hmm. i kind of like uh, got it um and so that's knowledge right that like that like how do i use that knowledge for the rest of my life um configuring routers for when i moved houses configuring routers for my family uh helping people get rid of their renter cable modem for one that they own themselves and getting it right. Like, like mm-hmm. little, like, like, like stuff like that along the way. Uh, and then when I came to mesh, uh, um, uh, it turns out that even among technologists, right. Um, like the, the physical, uh, uh, crimping, a, a termination of ethernet, mm-hmm. um, is, is not a common skill set. Mm. And, and, and most people aren't very fluent with it. If you're not like a tech that does that kind of thing all day, if you're not a low voltage expert. Right. right. Um, so like, I already had the tools because of some other things I've done along the way, and I've done it enough times that it like wasn't my first rodeo. Um, and so, even among the mesh community, um, that knowledge um, turned out to be like fairly advanced. And I was able to like, I do trainings, and I show other people how to do it. I show people who have been doing it in the mesh community how to do it a little bit better and more reliably. Mm-hmm. Um, and I show people that have never seen an Ethernet cable or or any kind of level to wiring in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, how they can make like a gigabit connection o- nice. over these eight pieces of copper, right? Yeah. Um, and how they can how they can use that to connect up their neighbors and connect up other, other people in the community. So similarly, I've never done anything beyond a home router, right? But now I'm a part of this community of technologists um, that are like pretty savvy network engineers, and I'm 
learning about like upstream of that, right? What does it look like? What how how does sixty gigahertz equipment work? How do mm. how how do how does all all, all those things happen? Um, and it's really important to like not to to like share and exchange that knowledge um, because that that knowledge is like super intangible um, yeah. and, and and frankly like kind of hard to come by, right? Like yeah. like. Like I came, uh, some of this, I, because of where I chose to go to university, I yeah. uh, came with me. Um, and from other people, it's from, you know, installing communication systems for subways. Mm. Like that, that is rare knowledge in our world. Yeah. Not very many people have done that thing. Yeah. Um, and to be able to bring that back to like a community project um, is really amazing. I think, I think if there's, if there's something that makes, makes mesh work and makes it extremely special it, 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 it is that diffusion of knowledge. It is that it is people that have very special, very technical, uh, very advanced and sophisticated understandings, uh, bringing that back into a Slack community and saying, I want everybody to know the things I know about yeah. this thing. And I, and I, I want to like share it to the world um, and activate my knowledge mm -hmm. beyond what I can do with my own hands, with my own, with my own typing, with my own whatever. Um, I want other people to like build this knowledge and build this community of understanding mm -hmm. that now um, Mesh has everything from the data center um, to a router in a house. Like there's like scores of people that sort of understand that entire chain yeah. and understand all the connections along the way. Yeah, that's I, I'm really glad that you brought that up because you're, you're right. Like in terms of, you know, if you want to democratize and, you know, have the community own the Internet, part of that is there's an integral education component. And I, and I think that's really excellent that you brought that up, that, you know, as you were saying, that NYC Mesh, you know, if you want to, they'll train you and, and teach you and they'll share that knowledge. And I think that's really a 21st century skill that, like, we all got to know. Like, we, we at least, you know, some parts of it. Um, so I, I think that's really good. Does does NYC Mesh, do, do they do, uh, like, um, I guess, like, uh, public educational, like, events and so forth and like ties with you know universities or, or maybe uh, the public education system uh, i'm really curious about that i yeah 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 so i mean you know last couple of years have been challenging in this regard for sure yeah. so it's been a, a, a little a little more ad hoc and smaller um but you know i've done a couple and, and have a couple more scheduled i think we're up in harlem in two weeks uh posting up in a park nice on a sunday afternoon gonna bring a spool of ethernet a bunch of connectors and a crimper nice and just you know get get to it um and and start doing it with folks so so there's a lot of that and then there's sort of a um you know i think if and maybe it's like a sub bullet to like what i find most remarkable in terms of the sharing of knowledge mm -hmm. there's almost like this um culture of like apprenticeship within mm -hmm. that right mm -hmm. and so um you know, when someone posts on Slack that, that, that a member's ready to be connected, one of the lead installers says, hey, I'll take this, I'll, I'll lead this. But lead is exactly that. Usually there are a couple more people coming along with them mm -hmm. who maybe have never done it or maybe someone who's comfortable um, crimping but doesn't know a lot about masonry anchoring or, you know, has like some of the skills and not all of them, wa wants to sort of see some more of the other pieces of it. So we're, we're constantly sort of um, having folks shadow us and, and training. Um, so I do that on my installs with members, right? I've, I've got anywhere from one to five people with me on any of my installs. Um, young people from the neighborhood, just people that are super interested, middle-aged lawyers, just like a, a whole bunch of people. It's like, give me more, I wanna see this. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, uh, the folks 
the the individual who I trained with the first time I did a mesh install, um, and a couple other folks have become mentors to me and like bring me on uh, on their trips to go to the hubs to do hub maintenance and upgrades and 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 and, and work there. Um, so that stuff I had never seen before in my life is completely new to me. Um, so as as I'm teaching people to do what's not like okay, this is a TP-Link router that we need to like create a, a, a new uh, Wi-Fi network name for. That that's something I've been doing since I was 18. No problem, I got that. Um, so I'm showing people to do that, and at the same time, a 20 year old guy is showing me how to tune a 60 gigahertz antenna nice. or how to like install a UPS in a rack, which I've never been around like racks and all that stuff my entire life. So like that's all brand new to me. Hmm. So like there's this bilateral learning yeah. um, going on. Um, and, and, and I think that, you know, it, it, like through a million repetitions of those, those moments of learning and teaching, like we're building like this, this universe of knowledge and capacity at the same time, because, you know, I think too often, especially in like community organizing and movement spaces, this education piece boils down to like, you know, like workshops and going in circles and icebreakers about what your first job was and like <laughs> yeah. Zoom, Zoom, Zoom webinars that go on for like seven days. Yeah. And like, it's like education in this like, just like sterile, detached way that like does not relate to like the real world, frankly. And, yeah. and, and, doesn't solve problems that community members are facing every day, right? Absolutely. So it, it's like education to where, to what? what, what like, I want to get on this bus and go somewhere. I want to do something. And so mm -hmm. what I love about MESH is that the training and the education, um, you know, sometimes we do just post up in parks, uh, especially for folks for their first time. But generally speaking, it's applied. It's like, mm -hmm. you're going to learn how to do this, and we're going to connect somebody to the internet at the same time. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome, and I, I I love that you bring that up. That education uh, is a, you know integral part part of this uh, NYC mesh, as well as this you know Internet as Human Rights. So, um, yeah, thank you for a uh, really great conversation. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to add, or uh, I guess say again, and we'll put in the notes, uh, the show notes, you know how to get involved and contact uh, for folks who are in the New York City area. But anything else that you wanted to add, or yeah, no, I mean, uh, definitely my, my, my top of mind was if you're in New York City area, check yeah. out mycmax.net. Like, mm -hmm. let's get you connected to the internet. Let's let's make this work for everybody. Um, if you're not from New York City, come join the Slack anyway. Ask questions. Be, be, be inquisitive. Yeah. We're, we're, people are super happy to sort of walk through mm -hmm. um, some, some of these issues and strategies, especially if you've got, like, technical nitty-gritty questions about configuration and things like that. Yeah. Um, and, and then the last thing is, like, you know, I really encourage people, um, and I do. I, I I must be like the most annoying internet installer ever. Like I'm like Jim Carrey, cable guy level <laughs> annoying. Uh, be, because every time I, I give the pitch to, to every member when I saw, and I'm a, as I'm leaving, you know, there's always this moment of like, wow, like I, I can't believe you're just doing this for like mm. because yeah. And, and I say I say to them, I was like. And some some formulation. It's not always this didactic, but like find something in your life where you have like some intangible knowledge or gift where you can build some sort of liberation liberating space and community yeah. and invest in it, right? Because this like like people don't like even like for me at this point, mm. mesh seems like a relatively simple piece of infrastructure, like because mm. I get it all. But for most people, it's like almost unimaginable that you can connect to the internet without paying 
a corporation to do it, right? Yeah. And, and so for me, it's almost unimaginable that I could get primary health care hmm. without navigating an insurance company in a hospital. But yeah. I bet, I bet there are doctors and nurse practitioners in this world for whom that is not unimaginable. Absolutely. I bet they, they actually have like a financial model where they could do it in a sustainable way. Yeah. And so like find your gift and find the thing that like you could dig in and like break the broken system, Absolutely. like smash it. Right. Cause we're living in this web of systems that are absolutely broken and they're killing us. They're, 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 they're I mean, it's going to be the end of the world. Yeah. And like, so what, so what can you do about it? Um, and not that's going to save everything that not that's going to stop climate change mm. and deliver racial equity and close the racial, not all at once. Right. But what mm. one thing that you're good at that you love, can you do that is in this new model of sharing and reciprocity and pairing and mutuality. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and go do that thing because all these systems, housing, transportation, healthcare, energy, telecommunication, like from 50,000 feet, it's unimaginable that they could be any other way. Yeah. Right. They're, they're so huge and so expensive and so convoluted that how could you have an internet that doesn't involve Verizon? Mm-hmm. But you can. Yeah. And you can have a healthcare system that doesn't involve United Healthcare. And you can have a housing system that doesn't involve for profit landlords. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you can, all, you can have a public transportation system that's free. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, all these things can be democratized yep. and, and, and can be done in a way that um that are really public good right like 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 think there are some things that should be universal and me using it should not interfere with you using it Mm -hmm. we're not in competition to connect to the internet or to take the train to work we all just need to get around to communicate so find that thing uh in your life uh whether it's food or whatever and and like think about how you can like radically reimagine it in a way that isn't extractive, that isn't exploitive and destructive, mm-hmm. that doesn't that doesn't depend on some people being impoverished or denied or excluded, right? Mm-hmm. That does that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't have some some completely out of wonk carbon footprint that is gonna like push us right over the precipice of the end of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Like find that thing in everything you do. Um and, and and like think think big thoughts. Like put a dent in the universe. Like don't be scared because a bunch of tech guys coming out of Occupy in New York City said, you know what? We can make an internet that's community owned and that is better than the private sector internet. And I, I strongly believe we can do that for all kinds of different sectors. We just need to take a swing at it. Absolutely. You know, those are inspiring words. And, you know, I think uh, I think you all have like the, the, the secret there is it's in the community, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you again for uh, coming on for the interview and, uh, Look forward to uh, get more involved and discuss further some some other stuff with you all. So thank you very much. Thank you for the time. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Have a great afternoon. Thanks, Toby. You too. Yep. Bye. Public space travel. Public space travel. I can't help but believe that in the future we'll see throughout the world an increasing trend toward the next logical step. We achieve full communism. Public space travel. Public space travel. And so on and so on. Public space travel.